0: Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in colour. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was The Meters with Just Kiss My Baby. Good morning and thank you for joining me. This is Jazz Shapers with a twist because it's time for an encore. That's when I bring back a fantastic guest I've interviewed in the last few years and find out what's been going on for them and their business since then. And that encore business shaper today is Richard Joseph, the co-founder of Joseph and Joseph, the rather fantastic company that makes amazing things for your house and in my case for my kitchen, but there's lots more beyond that as well. You'll be hearing all about how his business has expanded. In addition to hearing from him, of course, you're being some fantastic music from the shapers of jazz blues and soul here on jazz shapers and then of course there's the music and we've got some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz blues and soul including jason moran sam cook and this it's one of my favorites from many years ago it's the house of bamboo and his name is earl grant
1: number 54 the house with the bamboo door bamboo roof and bamboo walls they've even got a bamboo floor you must get to know so oh Joe he runs an espresso, called the House of Bamboo, it's a made of sticks.
0: That was the House of Bamboo from Earl Grant. I hope you were um, jiving a little bit to that one. It was uh, one I used to play a long, long time ago. More importantly, though, my business shaper today, and he's an encore. He's a guest from, from the past, and he's back here today. My my guest is Richard Joseph, and he's the co-founder, as I said, of Joseph and Joseph, and they make fantastic things for your home, and they make beautiful things, not just for your home, but probably for many millions of other people around the world too. Richard, thank you, and welcome back. Yes, good to be back. It's been, I worked out, about two and a half years. Yeah, that's and that's right. And it, it feels about three seconds. Yeah, that's right, it does. You don't look at the older, but you've had kids in the interim. Correct. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Uh, and, and most importantly, the business continues to grow.
1: Yeah, we've still been, um, you know, uh, expanding, which is great, very exciting. Lots of new products into lots of new categories. So we've, although we're still rooted firmly in the kitchen, uh, we've moved into waste. So waste separation, bins for the kitchen, that sort of thing. Um, so, uh All with our sort of uh, take on sort of functional problem-solving products, Uh, really useful daily, you know, products you can use every day. So we've done that, and then we've moved internationally as well, grown our international business, and we moved into lots of new markets, opened offices in new markets. Um, So it's all been quite exciting over the last couple of years.
0: Now, you're at the heart of this business is the fact that you and your brother um, are designers and that you want – there's a design aesthetic and there's a design functionality. Yeah. Do you think you have still remained true to those roots? Is everything still driven by that
1: really strong design ethos? Uh, yeah, completely. I mean, I think uh, so. it's all about trying to create problem-solving functional products that people can use every day and find sort of a real pleasure to use. So um, sort of the things we do is we do a lot of testing and look for a lot of insight into problems in the home, problems in the kitchen, and then we try and solve them through really clever functional design. Um, and then we're apply a sort of a strong aesthetic to that as well and we think that's important because to make it a pleasure to own and use um, the aesthetic plays a big part in that but ideally the ideal product for us is something that someone can use day in day out Um, it's not a gimmick it's not a gadget that is left in a drawer never used you know that they can find it really useful it's made really well it's made out of great materials manufactured in the right way so it's a really solid product that uh, has a really sort of uh, useful life and that that's our sort of our number one goal. Now you're 13 years into this business and it was just over whatever 10 or 11
0: when we last when we last spoke finding those ideas and finding where next to attack what's the process just very briefly where do you start with the answering the question, what's the problem? Yes, I mean, I think
1: we go into home and we look for ideas. You know, we look for areas that are frustrating, you know, look for frustrations that people have. Uh, We have a test kitchen in the office, so we bring lots of product in. We cook stuff. We, you know, we make stuff. We mash potato. We grate cheese. We do all that sort of stuff to try and find the frustrations that we can solve them through. Um, you know, brilliant design. I always say when people ask me, you know, you must be a good cook. I'm like, I'm not a good cook. I'm a product designer, which means I can mash potato better than anybody else because I've done a lot of it. But if you ask me to put the potato into something, I sort of that's when I start to fall over. But it's, so because very, we very much approach it from a product design point of view. Don't ask Richard to cook for you and you will be all right, but do ask him to design problem-solving
0: implements for your house. Lots more coming up from my encore, Business Shaper, here today on Jazz Shaper. It's time for some more music, though, right now, and this is Bill with us with Lovely Day. in the morning love And the sunlight hurts my eyes And something without warning. bill withers with the iconic lovely day richard joseph's my business shaper he's back for more here on the jazz shapers encore special um and we're talking about whether you've been retained your you know the the truth of your mission which is all about product design and it sounds like you are these ideas that you come up with so you test them the only way you can really test them is if you then start selling them at what point as you've looked now and i know your business has grown how do you know if you've got a winner on your hands and if you
1: haven't how quickly do you withdraw, so I think um, I mean we obviously we talk to consumers a lot, we test product before we properly launch, um, and so we have a generally have a good idea whether an idea is right or not whether whether someone finds it useful, whether it really delivers what the promises that we 're making when we come to design a product um, but we also are firm believers in that, we, you know, you don't get a real true read until it's in the stores and you're seeing whether consumers are buying the product or not. And we've, you know, we've got a lot of successful product out there because we've been able to grow. We've also had lots of product that haven't worked. Um, and sometimes it's knowing when to either pull it all together or pull it back and redesign if you haven't got something quite right. Um, You know, and so we do, there's a process of evaluation after after launch to see whether the product needs to be brought back in-house, redesigned, put back out there or taken out altogether if it's not working. So there's a
0: process, but I imagine it's pretty intuitive still.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we the great thing about online and the growth of online is you get these instant reviews. So you can see very quickly whether people like what you're doing or not and what mm-hmm. they like about it and what they don't like about it. Um, it's a very, very powerful tool. And we take the reviews very seriously. So we, we're looking at our own website. We look at all of our retailers' websites and we get this instant feedback. It can also be incredibly disappointing, you know, when you think, you think you've think you hit on a great idea and, and it just doesn't connect with what the consumer wants. Uh, but it's a brilliant way of finding out quite quickly. I can give you consumer
0: feedback. I love the brush so you can dangle it on the end and then <laughs> right, you can put yeah, the water great. in. What's it? Not exactly a bucket. That. What's that thing called?
1: You. you, you yeah, so it's, um, we, we call it wash and drain. So it's the wash and drain, it, you can yeah, turn the drain exactly as well. That, I, I, so you so you, you, you can
0: tell I, 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 this isn't a, a paid for, but a yeah, commercial yeah. space. I'm actually a fan. It's just ridiculous. The, the business, as I said, has grown and I think you're over um, 40, over, for, north of 40 million yes, pounds now. Great. You've got way more people. You're in yeah. 110 people. I think we had 70 there, but there was a warehouse included as it's yeah, so actually right. almost doubled the number of people. Yeah, have there been wobbles as you've got bigger? Because that's quite significant growth. Actually, yeah, I mean, I th-
1: so we've gone. You go from being a startup where you know, and you have all the startup pains of trying to get the business off the ground, the cash flow issues, uh, trying to get listings with retailers, and getting lots of knockbacks. And you need thick skin in the startup phase, and need to be persistent, hard work. You then go through um, where we are at the moment, which is a scale up phase. Which is how do you take the business, which is now sort of. You know, got momentum, got legs, and how do you really scale it up into a a medium-sized business? And so, and with that comes lots and lots of challenges, a lot of people challenges, having the right people in the right place, uh, right structures in place to to allow you to grow further. Having a skill set in the business allows you to grow. So we've gone through that um, that sort of uh, development phase, and that is very problematic, particularly when you've grown quite quickly you don't really have a huge amount of time to try and work out the different stages. So you sort of, you're thrust upon this sort of scale-up. And right, again, okay, how do we deal with the scale-up? And you know, So I'd say that um, scaling up has probably caused us the most problems. We're going to pick up on that and find out how you've resolved them in a moment. But we've got some travel news
0: in a couple of minutes. And before that, some words of wisdom from our programme partners at Mishcon Hi,
1: I'm Richard Leedham, Head of Insurance Litigation at Mishcon one of the things I always say to clients who come to me with a claim, whether it's against an insurance company or some sort of other financial institution, is be prepared to be in it for the long run because the opponents will try and weigh you down. And that applies whether you're an individual or a relatively large company yourselves. Some of these institutions are set up to try and drive you um, to distraction and abandon the claim. So having the stamina and the appetite is very important. Jazz
0: shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Kondereya It's business but it's personal You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM. And in fact, today it's a special because we're doing an encore version edition where we bring in someone who's been a fantastic guest in the past, someone who's done really well. Most of my guests have done really well and continue to do so. But these people in particular have shone through um, in one way or another. And that person who's shone through is Richard Joseph. He's the co-founder of Joseph and Joseph, and they make beautiful things for the home, and not just beautiful, but things that work. We were talking earlier, Richard, about scale-up and, and the business has grown significantly and you've ventured into new countries, which I want to come to as well. Manny suckle Rose from Jason Moran Richard you're what what I what I liked about you when I met you last time was you just kind of make it sound normal and you don't you know you don't look mega stressed um, you and your brother obviously we talked about family last time and I and I recall you said it's look it's critical because we kind of know we've got each other's backs as you get bigger covering each other's backs is trickier how have you managed to do that how do you manage to protect yourselves in the way that you would
1: want to um I mean I think we how do we protect ourselves i mean i think we're we're both still very involved in the business so you know and very very passionate about the business so uh and we you know we believe in sh- showing that passion to the team and sharing that passion with the team i uh, i think um we, we have very clear roles for the two of us in the business and we have veto over our, our areas of expertise. As twin brothers, that's important because, you know, you spend your life growing up together and having having arguments and tussles and all the rest of it. And I think when it comes to the business environment, you know, Anthony heads up um, create the creative side. I head up the commercial side and we have veto over each other's areas. But we're both heavily involved in in each other's areas of the business as well. Um and I think we respect each other's talents in the business. And I think that that sort of then comes to when Anthony is very passionate about something he believes in, I'll back him because I you know, trust him to do that, you know, trust him in what he does. So I think that that's probably developed over time in, within the business where we've been working together more and more and the trust has developed. And I think that helps us sort of back each other. In terms of also the the products, I mean because the products are so
0: good, people are copying them, and people either rip them off or they counterfeit them and i uh, I believe you're experiencing that in a number of jurisdictions a yeah. number of countries um China being one big example how have you how are you going about resolving that beyond the legal stuff? I mean is there a mindset that goes we can
1: manage this? yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to sort of say you know it is part of uh developing a business you know and um and particularly if you have a successful product they do they are going to get ripped off at some point by someone so you have to have, have a very much a a, um, a positive approach to it we have a very a, a zero tolerance approach to the copiers um and we go after the guys that rip us off and we go after that because it's there are ideas there are intellectual property and we will defend them as you know as hard as possible but um it also I'm I'm a big believer that the copiers don't at the end of the day uh they don't deliver anything to the consumer um they what they do is they profit profit from making a rip-off and actually all they're interested in doing is getting a profit out of that product they're not really interested in the consumer's experience when we develop a product we're interested in how the consumer reacts to that product you know whether they find it useful etc the copiers are just there to profit from it and what ends up happening is the product whether it be let's say a uh a kitchen spatula doesn't move on in design or innovation or, you know, usefulness. Um, so the consumer doesn't benefit from another company coming in and developing something better. They just, um, you know, you just hit these copies. So we, so we have a very sort of negative view on it, and we go after them as hard as possible. He looks scary at the last bit there. <laughs> as he
0: said, he goes after them. Final chat coming up with Richard. Plus, we'll be playing a track from Sam Cook. That's after the latest traffic and travel. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.
1: Summertime
0: And the living is easy Fish are jumping
1: And cotton is high Your
0: dad is rich. The inimitable sound of Sam Cooke with Summertime. Just for a few more minutes, Richard Joseph's encore moment comes to a close. have to get you back again in a few years. Um, your business has grown, as I've said earlier, and it's grown internationally, and I know that a big part of your business is international. Your experience of opening up in an office in Germany uh, yep. and an office in Japan, yep. we've talked about the scale-up issues. What have been the specific issues about that? Because suddenly aren't you losing control?
1: Um, no, I mean, I think, um, you know, it, it all comes down to, I mean, you, you, we, we've we opened, like you say, these two offices, um, and you get great people to work in those offices. And that's, I, I think it's just very exciting. I think, you know, we we big believer in um, employing, uh, let's say, Japanese nationals to run that office so they know how the business should be run. And to know that that, you know, our, you know at the moment we have a business because we have business in, you know, through the Americas, North America, Europe, and, the, and Asia – you know it's not like going 24 hours a day so you know that whole thing is very cool very exciting um and then having great people running those businesses who care about the brand who care about the products um is really just a you know um a really nice experience and so uh you know that for us is um uh is re- seeing that develop is really fun really fun and sort of uh you feel also like a little bit like you're starting new businesses so as an entrepreneur as you build this business of course it becomes more a bit more there's process and there's a bit more bureaucracy and it becomes a different beast when you start these small businesses you're starting again um, and there's something lovely about that so it's uh it's a, yeah great experience
0: and do you, do you jump on planes a lot? Are you
1: over there? yeah, I jump on planes an awful lot uh, i go to out to the u s uh, north America and to asia um but I like it i sort of uh i lo- I love to travel. Um, I love meeting people face to face. I love the different cultures and then seeing how our little business fits into those cultures and how we can work with these people. Seeing people in Japan excited about our products just as much as they are when they're in the UK is a great experience. And I think we're very, very lucky to have developed this, have great people working for us and be able to experience the whole thing. I imagine also you don't make the same mistakes. I recall you telling me um, that you uh,
0: took a masher That's and right. a, a potato thing and you took a grater for the cheese and you found out that in, J- in Japan ne-
1: neither grew one very of, well. Yeah, one of the very first sort of lessons I learned. My, my, my first marketing plan when I went around Europe to try and find customers was if they spoke English, I'd deal with them because I couldn't speak any languages. And that was sort of like my, you know, naive approach. When we went to Japan, I took this potato masher and I famously sort of fixed up a meeting with a big department store big set of buyers and they all sat there very japanese very polite and they listened to my big pitch presentation you know furiously making notes and i thought this is just wonderful i'm going to come away with a huge order and they told me at the end that they they don't mash potato they don't eat potato you know (laughs) so um so i ended up going home with nothing so you know but um a great lesson learned
0: Tell me, how big do you think this can become as you look to the future? Now, I imagine that size isn't your objective, but it's going to become a function of, as you said, the buzz of creating a new market and feeling like a new business. Is sky's the limit, or do you have a kind of set objective
1: where you want or goal where you want to be? No, I mean, I, I think uh, I like to say sky's the limit. I mean, we, you know, we've got. I, I love the idea. We have a very, very good business in the uk we, we um and we're very fortunate for that we'd love to replicate that in 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 know all the overseas markets we're in um you know in places like china where we have a lot of counterfeit product coming out of was also the market was, was where we saw our fastest growth last year so there's lots of exciting opportunities and the international piece for, for us is where the excitement is and the opportunity is and we're just excited to sort of go ahead and develop it well, look, it's
0: been brilliant having you back again. Um, continue to do well. And Thank again, you're, you look happy. I mean, yes. this is, must be the secret. You're doing something you love, and I guess people will be envious of that in mm-hmm. a nice way. Um, just before I let you go there, Richard, what's your song choice and why have you chosen
1: it? Right, so I'm going to go for... So last time I was on it, it was Louis Prima, uh, I Want to Be Like You. Um, and so another Louis Prima song, because it reminds me of my grandfather, who was a big fan and uh, knew all the words to all the songs. Um, this one's Buena Serra. And it's a uh, sort of very happy, uplifting, great summer tune. Thank you so much, Richard.
0: Bonaceta Signorina Bonaceda. It is time to say goodnight to Napoli. Though
1: it's hard for us to whisper, Bonaceda, with that old moon above the Mediterranean Sea.
0: That was Louis Prima with Buena Serra, the song choice of my business shaper and encore shaper, Richard Joseph, the co-founder of Joseph Joseph they've grown because they've kept the integrity of problem solving right at the heart of their business and whilst there have been scale-up challenges and there have been quite a few because they've grown into different countries what i loved about what richard said was the fact that he still enjoyed the buzz of going into a new country it felt like a startup again and i think that's what drives richard and his brother in the way that they're growing their business fantastic stuff do join me again same time same place that's next saturday 9am for another edition of jazz shapers meanwhile though stay with us because coming up next it's nigel Williams, Jazz papers on Jazz FM in partnership with Mish Kondereya it's business but it's personal